It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. This is part two. It's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. Today it's presented by MyFrontPageStory.com. If you are not sure what to get a loved one for the holidays, think no further. It is the best gift I've ever seen. It is timeless and it will cause them to cry because they will see in print how you really feel about them. Check it out. MyFrontPageStory.com. You literally talk to a reporter for 10 minutes. They write the story about how amazing your wife or mom or girlfriend, fiance, dad, whatever is. And then they send you that awesome framed picture that looks like the story about them is on the cover of the newspaper. Awesome. MyFrontPageStory.com. He's Joe Dolan. He is the number one ranked fantasy analyst in the world. No big deal. Over the last five years, according to FantasyPros.com, which of course is why I had to get Joe as the replacement for Evan Silva. And Joe has been absolutely fantastic. Most of you already know the deal. Check him out on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker, NFL, uh, longtime NFL player, now broadcaster, a bunch of podcasts. Wednesdays, when we do Andrew Brandt, we'll be talking about the Colin Kaepernick situation in a lot of different ways on the Ross Tucker football podcast. And of course, glorious even money podcast for those of you that like to place a little bit of wagers i'm at ross tucker nfl twitter instagram facebook the whole deal all right joe we'll start episode number two this week with the jags at the titans first game back for Foles was good for dj chark that was about it yeah uh he wasn't really a ton of an upgrade over Minshew. Here is the thing that I think Nick Foles does for this Jaguar offense. I think he raises the floor. I don't think he raises the ceiling. Like, I don't think he's going to have any of the two or three turnover meltdown games that we saw Minshew towards the end of his run. But Minshew, at his best was operating this offense really, really well and really efficiently. Um, Foles coming back, uh, it had a lot of people hopeful for D.D. Westbrook. It didn't happen last week. Just four catches for 32 yards. He's really not a guy you want to be playing right now. The good news is uh, D.J. Chark could be a league winner here down the stretch. Foles has an obvious um, uh, an obvious chemistry with him. So D.J. Chark is a strong wide receiver, too, even in this tough matchup. But... I mean, like, you know what Foles is. I think he's he, he gives them a level of competency and calmness that Minshew maybe didn't. But Minshew's upside is arguably higher than Foles. So I don't think this offense is all of a sudden going to explode. I just don't think you're going to see it implode like it could with Minshew, a quarterback. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, uh, Marone said they're going to get the ball to Fournette more. What else do we need to say yeah. on the Jags end of things? I, I like Chark. I like Fournette. 
And that's about it for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're, they're one of those teams that this time of year, you could start to eliminate the players who you know aren't necessarily going to help you win a fantasy championship. Fournette and Chark are the two. Maybe you could stream Foles, use them for DFS, though I don't necessarily like this matchup at Tennessee for DFS. Maybe next week against Tampa Bay at home, you can start that with Foles. But really, it's Fournette, it's Chark, and then we're going to move on. And we're going to move on to the Tennessee Titans coming off the bye with uh, Team Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill, uh, look at this. They're 5-5, five and five, okay? We know what happened at the quarterback position uh, in college football this week with Tua getting hurt. I still don't think Tua, depending on his recovery, is going to fall far enough for, like, for the Titans to get him. Is Ryan Tannehill going to be the Titans starting quarterback next year? Because I'd take him over the field right now. He's playing well enough. And that's probably not going to excite Titan fans because we know what Tannehill was in Miami. He was a guy who was just good enough to make you think he could be the guy, and then he wasn't. And maybe they're going to get some deja vu of that in Tennessee because they had that with Marcus Mariota the last couple years. But he's playing good football right now, and this is a good matchup. Teams are putting up numbers on Jacksonville. I like Tannehill for DFS. And just like I talked about with uh, with Jeff Driscoll on the last show, I kind of like him for DFS, but I wouldn't stack him with a receiver because I don't trust any of these receivers. Corey Davis didn't play before the bye against Kansas City. A.J. Brown isn't getting it done. They're throwing to Khalif Raymond out there. The problem is they just there is no go-to receiver. It's just who's open on any given play, but Ryan Tannehill's playing well enough and he can add add value with his legs that I think you could consider him as a streaming quarterback this week and for DFS on the lower end. You don't have to stack him with the receiver because there isn't a receiver I trust to stack with him for DFS. Anything else on the Titans side of things, Joe, before we move on to Cowboys Patriots? Uh Oh, for sure. Derrick Henry is going to be very popular this week. Um, earlier this season, um, he had a rough game against Jacksonville, 17 for 44 and a touchdown. But Mariota was the starting quarterback in that game. And we know what he did uh, last year in week 13 against the, the Jaguars, 17 carries for 238 yards and four touchdowns. Everybody's going to remember that game. And the, although Derrick Henry's history against the Jags is a little bit shakier than you might think, that game people are going to remember, and they're going to remember that the Titans were at home. I think Derrick Henry is going to be one of the heavier-owned DFS running backs this week. Cowboys at the Patriots. Patriots really struggling offensively, but doing pretty good defensively against the Cowboys team. Dak Prescott. I mean, it's kind of weird. Zeke's gotten slowed down the last couple weeks, Joe. Well, here's the thing with, with Dak Prescott, he, what's going on right now. It's the perfect marriage of an offensive line that's giving him an eternity to throw and receivers who are just making play after play after play for him. So how about that catch Michael Gallup made down the field? You know, just like I thought there was no way he was going to catch that ball. He juggles it. And so you've got Prescott who's able to trust his receivers. He's got an offensive line that's protecting him beautifully. And you've got Cooper and Cobb and – and uh, Gallup, who are making plays each and every week for him. So it is a recipe for success right now. The downside here is you go to New England. This is a really good defense. The only team that's been able to crack 
this armor was the Baltimore Ravens, who have the single most unique offense in the entire NFL. Um, although you would think Dallas could run some level of a facsimile of what Baltimore did because Prescott's mobile. Um, nobody's anywhere in Lamar Jackson's neighborhood in terms of explosiveness as a runner, though. So you wonder what Dallas is going to do. I wouldn't be shocked if they make this a Zeke and Tony Pollard game because that is, appears to be the best way to attack this New England defense on the ground. And also keep in mind, Amari Cooper was not anywhere close to 100% last week. I don't know what Dallas is going to do with him because if Cooper comes plays in this game, he's going to get the shadow coverage of Stephon Gilmore. So even if he's not 100%, do they say, hey, Amari, go out there, take one for the team so Michael Gallup can work on their quote-unquote lesser corners, even though they don't really have a lesser one, um, and, and you know, maybe be the decoy? Or is New England, if, if Cooper plays, is New England going to call the bluff and say, no, we're putting Gilmore on Michael Gallup. We're going to have Cooper hobbling around out there against McCordy and J.C. Jackson. That's going to be an interesting chess match that I'm interested to watch break down. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. What about on the other side for the Patriots? Bad fantasy team right now. Uh, I, I think though, like we said on last on uh, the last podcast, that Philadelphia defense is way better than it was earlier in the year, and and the run defense is especially good. This Cowboy defense, I think, is their Achilles heel. Anybody would tell you that right now, uh, including Cowboys fans. They've been a mediocre matchup for running backs. Obviously, Dalvin Cook had the huge game against them a couple of weeks ago. Um, Dallas has been getting. Um, beaten in the secondary a little bit. Um, I think there there will be uh, points to be had here for the Patriots. I think it's a James White, Julian Edelman type of game, uh, yet again, because I do think Dallas can score. But I also anticipate Sony Michelle having a lot more success this week than he had last week against Philadelphia and that nasty Eagle run defense. So those are kind of the guys I'm focused on. Uh, remember, Mohamed Sanu got dinged up against Philly last week, uh, didn't really do much in that game. It's really kind of Edelman, uh, Michelle, White, and and uh, and you could consider Brady, obviously. Uh, I think Brady's going to be in my top 12 this week. I don't think Dallas is a really restrictive matchup at all. Moving on, let's get to the Sunday nighter. It's a good one. It is, it is the Bucks. Bucks. It is the Niners and the Packers. Nine and one against eight and two. Steve Young against Brett Favre. Owens, oh, he caught it. This is a good <laughs> one. This is a really good one. Uh, I'm, and, and everybody's excited to watch this one. Uh, and I'm sure Al and Chris are excited to talk about Rodgers and and Jimmy G and all that stuff. But uh. The thing you got to focus on here for San Francisco is what is going on with the injuries because Emmanuel Sanders tried to come back from the ribs and wasn't able to finish the game or at least wasn't able to play all the way through against Arizona, caught just three for 33. Debo Samuel's coming alive. Ross Dwelly scored two touchdowns uh, against the Cardinals. I used him for DFS. I know we threw his name out there on the podcast last week. Um, but is George Kittle going to be back? What about Matt Breida? There are a lot of unanswered questions right now for the 49ers that we're not going to know until a little bit later in the week. And I will say this. Tevin Coleman's been a huge disappointment the last couple weeks. How about 12 for 14 on the ground against Arizona? He made up for it a little bit in the passing game. But this run game is struggling right now, which makes me think when Breida comes back, he's going to have an opportunity uh, to go after uh, – to, to get, get out and get after it. Keep an eye on that because over the last five weeks, the Packers have given up the sixth most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. 
Okay, what else on the pack uh, on the Niners do we need to know about? I think Debo Samuel's an every week starter right now. I know he's struggling with drops, but he is getting involved, and Jimmy Garoppolo is developing a significant trust with Debo Samuel over the last two games. Back to back hundred yard games for Debo Samuel. I don't view Green Bay's defense as particularly a restrictive matchup. Um, they've been solid against wide receivers, a bottom half matchup over the last five weeks. But Debo Samuel's getting the ball, and I expect him to get it more and more. Uh, even even if Emmanuel uh, even if Emmanuel Sanders can play, but especially if Emmanuel Sanders can uh, uh, cannot play, just keep an eye on Debo's status as well because he's dealing with a shoulder injury. So again, a lot of, of moving parts here up in the air for the San Francisco 49ers. Sanders, Brita, um, Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel, all of them are up in the air right now. On the other side, you've got the Packers coming off of a bye, going against the Niners defense which is good, but maybe not not as impressive the last couple of weeks as you would think. Yeah, they've got some injuries. Uh, one of their nickel pass rushers whose name's escaping me right now got hurt. And then, of course, Quan Alexander got hurt a couple of weeks ago. He's out for the season. They have two guys who are out for the season right now. Uh, San Francisco's a three-point favorite in this game, which suggests Green Bay will be throwing it, but maybe not perhaps as much as you would think. Um, Green Bay is one of those narrow fantasy teams we talk about right now. There's one wide receiver on this team. Jimmy Graham, I really don't like playing him. He'll disappear for long stretches at a time and occasionally will pop up, but I'm not too fond of him. And you can play the two backs, Aaron Jones, and you can play Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones is a locked-in RB1. Jamal Williams is a flex. And uh, Aaron Rodgers in this tough matchup, mid-to-low-end quarterback starter. It's a narrow fantasy team with really only four guys right now you can consider for your team. Monday Night Football is the last game on our docket. It's the Ravens whew, at the Rams. Whew. Let's start with the let's start with the let's start with the Ravens. Uh man, they're fun to watch. They're a machine right now. Talk to me about the guys we need to know about. Yeah, I, I will I will be telling you this though. They're not great for fantasy beyond Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews because Mark Ingram is very touchdown dependent, and and he got two of them last week receiving, which you don't expect. But Hollywood Brown is in and out of the lineup. He's not been 100% this year, and they like throwing him out there because he just gives them an element that nobody else can with that explosiveness. But you know he's going to see Jalen Ramsey in this game. So it's a bad matchup for Hollywood Brown. The guys guys who I'm playing – look – Lamar Jackson, you could put the Rams out there and the 85 Bears. Have 22 guys out there, and I'd still play Lamar Jackson. So you're playing him each and every week. You're playing Mark Ingram as an RB2 each and every week. Uh, I'm considering Hollywood Brown a wide receiver three. And you play Mark Andrews every week because he is the true go-to guy for Lamar Jackson. But as explosive as this offense has been, it's really not doing a whole lot for fantasy purposes, which actually is good for me because it's easy to break down every week. They don't even have any fringe guys who you're like, well, maybe this week. It's the same four guys each and every week. You talk about them every week. You analyze their matchups, and then you move on. Hmm. Yeah, they do spread the wealth at a bunch of different positions. They're, you know, That's probably good. for If you're not a great fantasy team, that might be good for real football, right? Because picture being the D coordinator and you're just not sure 
who to focus on. Yeah, it's it's really good. And they, I mean, the problem with their wide receivers and the tight ends is like a lot of guys don't even play 50% of the snaps. Like Hollywood Brown doesn't get up over 50% of snaps. Mark Andrews very often, despite his huge numbers, plays under 50% of the snaps because they trust Nick Boyle as the blocking tight end. So uh, what I think it is, is it's a bunch of guys who are good in their roles and they're, they're, they've been kind of fresh too. Uh, it, really an interesting team. I would agree. Um, on the other side, they're going against the Rams and, uh, Todd Gurley owners had to like that if they had him in their lineup, which they should. What do you think? Uh, Todd Gurley looked really good. He's kind of like Derrick Henry for fantasy at this point. Uh, lowercase Derrick Henry. Maybe Marlon Mack is the better comparison because Gurley hasn't really done it in the passing game, even though he had three catches last week. But you gotta play him right now because they, their offensive line is not protecting Jared Goff and their wide receiver position is a mess right now. Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods did not play on Sunday night. Now, uh, uh Sean McVay has said that he wants, uh, expects Brandon Cooks back this week uh, from the concussion, but you know you can never be certain about that. Robert Woods had the personal issue. We still don't know about that. We still don't know um, uh, what that issue was, if he's going to be back, so we don't know about Robert Woods. So right now, uh, against this secondary, I really don't feel comfortable with Goff out there. It's been a phenomenal secondary, and the thing that I'm concerned about can Marlon Humphrey fo- uh, follow Cooper Cup into the slot? I think this is a really bad matchup for the Rams' offense. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. What about Brandon Cooks and Woods and the guys that we think are coming back? Well, the thing about Woods is I'm not, I, I'm not sure if he's coming back. I mean, we don't know anything about this personal issue. Um, tough matchup for all of them, of course, because the Ravens are the deepest team at corner in the NFL, maybe this side of the Patriots. Uh, you have Marlon Humphrey who can follow Cup into the slot. You've got Jimmy Smith. You've got Marcus Peters. You've got Brandon Carr. All of these guys can play. So it's a tough matchup for all those guys and, by extension, a tough matchup for Jared Goff. So I consider Cup a high-end wide receiver, too. I just – he's the guy you feel best about. The other guys are wide receiver threes. I think Gurley's a borderline RB1. And the other problem is – Gerald Everett comes in to the game last week against the Bears with a wrist injury, plays only 25% of the snaps, gets just one target, so we're not even sure we can trust him. This is a really, really tough team to break down for fantasy right now because there's so many questions, and even when they're all, all out there, they are not performing at a high level, and Baltimore is sporting one of the hottest defenses in the NFL right now. Joe, that was awesome because you are awesome. Again, make sure you're following this man at FG underscore Dolan and make sure you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code podcast one after you listen to the even money podcast with me and the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl professional football gambling the Westgate Super Contest after you listen to the even money podcast go to betonline.ag if you haven't already Use the promo code podcast one so you get the 50% welcome bonus. And then when I win the podcast one sports net challenge again, more of you will get a little something, something in your stockings, a little something, something in your betonline.ag accounts. But you have to go ahead and you have to have an account betonline.ag promo code podcast one. Other than that, you guys know the deal. Tomorrow, Greg Cosell will join the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Friday, I'll make all my picks straight up. 
Against the Spread is, of course, on the Even Money Podcast. I am totally stuffed. That was amazing, Joe. Uh, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.